Hey guys, you are listening to the Blonde Ambition Podcast with Roxy Brown, and this is episode four. This episode is going to be about uh, the state of the union as it pertains to social media. So I'm going to talk about the different social media channels and how each of them is used and sort of what demographic each of them goes to. And then at the very end, if you'll listen to the end, I am going to talk about what could possibly be the next greatest thing in social media, the app that's getting the most buzz and most attention right now. So I'll tell you about that at the end. Uh, And if you want to hear my thoughts on social media, keep listening. So before we really get into it, I'm going to tell you that I am going to give you some facts, which I will designate as fact, and then I will designate what is my opinion. I want to be really clear on that because I want to make sure you guys know uh, what is my opinion because you can take it for whatever it's worth. So I have been using social media for a long time. I think a lot of us have, maybe just in the form of Facebook. And then I've been really into social media for several years as a way to brand myself and my businesses. Um, And I have just opened a new business. So Tangent Group does security. And we do corporate sort of high threat, plain clothes security. We do protection of C-level executives and we do hostile terminations, workplace violence, those sorts of things. So as it pertains to marketing that, I and branding that, it has been a real challenge for me because I can't share visual pictures and I can't share, you know, clients' names and, and things like that. So I'll tell you how I brand that differently than my new business, which is Tangent Academy, and we do stay licensed security training and tactical training, which is a totally different demographic and a totally uh, different subject matter. Those kinds of things I can take pictures of and, and brand and videos of that. So let's just jump right into it. I think the social media platform that most of us are most familiar with is Facebook. It's been around the longest. I think everybody realized when Facebook really, really hit the ground running that this was going to be something that was going to change the way people marketed. And there's been a lot of changes as to how Facebook handles advertising. So it used to be that you could just make a Facebook page and whoever followed you would see it. And that's not the case anymore. Facebook has really limited who can organically, meaning whoever follows you and wants to see your post, who can organically see your post because they're trying to get people to pay for more advertising, Facebook is. So if you have a thousand people that follow your Facebook page, depending on the day and depending on how much you have paid into Facebook previously, not all 1,000 people are going to see your posts. They can always come to your page and look at your post, but it's not going to scroll through their news feed like it used to. So Facebook is still something that's incredibly useful. You can advertise on Facebook uh, inexpensively, depending on what industry you're in. But the interesting thing that we're seeing with Facebook right now is that, and this is, this is factual, this is not my opinion, since about 2015, Facebook has been losing the millennial market. So the youth, the younger generation are no longer using Facebook like they did. For a while it was stagnant and now they're actually losing people, younger people are closing their Facebooks and or not joining Facebook. So that is a factual thing. 
it's really affecting how people market because if, if that's your ideal customer, your demographic is sort of the millennial, that's gonna be a challenge for you on Facebook. They're, they're really starting to leave Facebook. And I also think Facebook is challenging to, to market and advertise on because a lot of people nowadays have gone to where they use Facebook, I know I do, for f close family and friends. And so we're not really on Facebook that much anymore. It's, it's a little bit different of a generation, right? So I wouldn't say to count it out. I mean, you, you use Facebook, it's a tool, and you can use it for free if you want. You can just set up a page. But Facebook really is geared more towards, I would say, middle and, and old, middle-aged and older people at this point. And it's one of the most popularly used. So you're going to have a little bit of an issue sort of breaking through depending on what sort of industry you're in. So as we're talking about that, I told you the Facebook, on Facebook, the youth are sort of leaving and going in a different direction. And where they're actually going is to Instagram and Snapchat. So let's talk about Instagram first. Instagram, if you've never done it, is incredibly, it's all visual. It's all pictures. If you would picture a photo album, you know, sitting at your coffee table, looking with your granny at your photo album, that's what Instagram is. It's a photo album that you can set to public or private. If you're going to try to use it for marketing and branding, you, you have to set it to really, you have to set it to public, but it's a photo album that you can put a caption to and that people could comment on. So if you have a really visual, if you, if you buy, if you sell a product or for my instance, if I sell Tangent Academy has classes, I can take pictures throughout those classes or small Instagram allows, I think, 60 second video clips. So you can take small, short video clips and you can post those. And the thing about Instagram is that it's going after a little bit younger market than Facebook is. Overall, the demographic is a little bit younger. But the really cool part about that is, is that you get to put out material that is incredibly visual and it's stimulating and every picture really needs to stand on its own. You... You don't want to sit in someone's house, right? If you're looking at in, uh, if you're looking at a photo album, you don't want to sit at your granny's house. And these are people you've never met before. Keep this in mind. And you don't want to sit and show people, oh, this is my aunt and her sister at the coffee table, you know, at the kitchen table. And then you flip to the next picture and go, up. Oh, this is my other aunt and and her sister, you know, washing dishes. And you have to understand with Instagram, you will get a lot of success out of it if you use it for what it is for, which is it targets a, you know, a, a little bit younger demographic. I wouldn't say teens. There's a ton of people in their 30s, 40s, probably, you know, a lot of people in their 50s, but sort of a younger demographic. The teens really love it. But the pictures have to be visually appealing and they have to stand on their own. It doesn't have to be a photo shoot. You want to make sure that you're showing real life, but you also want to keep in mind that you're showing these pictures to people who are completely, probably foreign to you. You've never probably met. You're, you're trying to market to them and they can read the caption, but in order to read the caption, they have to click on the picture first. So the picture has to be visually appealing. Another thing about Instagram that they've really done well lately is they have a thing on there called Instagram stories. So everyone has an Instagram feed, an Instagram page, and those things stay. Those pictures that you post stay. But Instagram stories is a little bit like Snapchat, which we'll talk about next, which allows you to put pictures up on your stories that go away, disappear in 24 hours. 
So it's a cool, just a feature. A lot of people use Instagram, their regular feed, in order to post pictures that are really standalone and visually appealing. And then they sort of go about their day on Instagram stories. So those things don't have to be so perfect because you're just sort of showing how your day goes and it, and it deletes every 24 hours. So it's a real great way if you can figure out Instagram stories and how that works to you and to your business to keep people coming back to your page because they know that that story goes away in 24 hours. So if you can create that urgency, go go look at my Instagram story before you miss out, you can really bring people back on a regular basis using Instagram stories. So another place that people are really, really popular right now where people are really going is Snapchat which is a lot of the same demographic as Instagram. It's it's kind of targets a younger market, 20s, 30s, 40s. And Snapchat is basically Instagram stories as a as a actual platform. So you can take pictures for Snapchat, but it's really geared toward videos, short video clips, and it is really I'm not sure if that's what they meant it for, but it's really used for people to chronicle their day. They also disappear after 24 hours. So that's one of those things that if you want to keep up with someone on Snapchat, you have to check back regularly, which is great if you're trying to use Snapchat for branding and marketing. It's not something that stays there like Facebook. They can click on your Facebook page once a week and sort of catch up on the whole week. But Snapchat is not like that. They have to keep involved with you. Snapchat has a ton of cool filters that are built into the the app. So you open up your camera through Snapchat and it's got all these fun filters and, and they're constantly changing things. So it's kind of a fun way to be real and to relate to people. And it is really just now picking up steam and a really great way to do things that are very visual. So I will be doing Snapchat for my Tangent Academy, for my security classes. I'll come in and I'll Snapchat some of the classroom time, some of the range time, and and kind of show you a day in the life of. And it'll be something that is not incredibly polished. It'll be real. It'll be sort of in the moment. And it just gives the people a good feel of who we are. If you have uh, things like, I think I said this before in my personal branding podcast, which is the first episode of Blonde Ambition. But if you have a, if you're a real estate agent, I would be all over Snapchat. That's something that is really, you can walk around an open house in video and take video clips of the house. You know, that's something that, in, and you don't have to worry about deleting it or getting cluttered because it goes away in 24 hours. The thing that people are not liking about Snapchat, and this is factual, last week, I think it was, about a month ago, Snapchat changed the way that they work with advertisers, which is this. Normally, you follow people on Snapchat and you open up, you know, for example, if you're following me on Snapchat, you open up Roxy Brown on Snapchat and you're going to see however many clips or how many pictures I've posted in the last 24 hours, be that one or be that 10. You're going to look through my last 24 hours. So normally the way Snapchat used to work is that you would sit and you would go through people's feeds that you had followed. Snapchat made a big change. I don't know when it was, three weeks, a month ago. They made the change to where they have interjected people's ads into the middle of the people that you are following. But it's not just an ad, it's their entire feed. So for example, if you're looking at my my Snapchat day and you look and you've chosen to follow me, so you want to see what I'm doing and you look and you and you see my last 24 hours, normally it would go on to the next person in chronological order that you had followed. But now after you see my Snapchat, 
my last 24 hours. Now they've interjected perhaps Nike, someone who's paying, and you see their whole 24 hours, not just one little 30 second ad, but their whole feed, however much they've posted in the last 24 hours. So if you wanna fast forward through that, you have to keep clicking and clicking, clicking the button in order to fast forward through that. That really annoyed Snapchat's users. It's something like, it's, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're used to watching Netflix where there are no commercials. And it, it was literally like they all of a sudden started putting, you know, three minute long commercials every five minutes. And it really annoyed Snapchat's users. There was a change.org petition that I think like a million and a half people signed. But what actually happened that was really really mind-boggling for Snapchat is that Kylie Jenner, which love them or hate them, the Kardashian-Jenner bunch has gotten branding down to a T. This is factual. This is how powerful they are as a brand. Kylie Jenner tweeted that she was upset and didn't use Snapchat anymore because of the changes they had made. And overnight, Snapchat lost 7% of its market value, which in actual numbers, I looked it up, is actually 1.3 billion with a B because someone who is that much of an influencer doesn't like their changes. So whether or not Snapchat bounces back from this, I mean, it's not dead by any means, but whether or not Snapchat, I think this is a really pivotal moment for them. They're gonna have to learn their customer and their consumer, and they're gonna have to balance that with how they make money, which is ads. Because the the platform itself, Snapchat, is free to sign up. So they've got to make money somehow. But this is really going to be something that is, I'm interested to see how they respond to this. I mean, their customers, uh, their end user does not like what they have done. So we're going to see how they change it, if they change it, how they're going to, you know, how they're going to make their money, but still keep a product that someone wants to use. So keep an eye out for that. I really find it interesting. Let's go on to Twitter. Twitter is something that I think young people are using it, but it's really, people go to Twitter more for news. They wanna learn something there. There's a lot of articles. Twitter is free to sign up for. You have, I think I think the max now is 240 characters. So it's, it's meant for short, it's not meant for paragraphs, it's not a blog, it's meant for short, short little clips and it's writing and pictures and and little videos but people post a lot of links and you can go on twitter and you can look through hashtags and you can see that people are going there really for news people are going there to learn something the thing that you have to know about twitter is that i think because of the fact that it's so news heavy and it's so writing heavy it does market to a little bit more of an older audience. I do, I mean, the teens are using it, but not as much as people who are there to, the people who are there want to get knowledge. They don't want to look at pictures. It's, it's not like Instagram. It's totally different. So if you go to Twitter, you really have to, it's a conversation and you have to join the conversation. Something about Twitter that's unique and it's, it's neither here nor there. It's just whatever you're into, but something about Twitter is that people tweet incredibly often. There's some enormous 600 million ginormous number of tweets there are every day. And so in order for people to actually see you and the content that you tweet, you have to tweet 10, 20, 30, 40 times a day. It is not like Facebook where you would put out a few posts. It's not like Instagram where you would put out one picture and then the rest of it is in your stories as you kind of snap your day. Uh, it's it's really content heavy. So you really have to get in there. You have to interact. You have to tweet people. Uh, and it uses the same format as Facebook does. So 
if you're in Twitter and you want to say hi to your friend Stacy, you would use the at symbol and say, hey, at Stacy, and that would tag her in it. So it's fairly user friendly. The only downside is that if you're busy, if you run a business, if you are not super into social media, but you kind of know you need to be, you have to really keep at Twitter. That's something that that could be a negative for you. But it's really a place where people go. You can really, you can really show people your knowledge there. You know, you're sharing pictures on Instagram, you're sharing stories, uh, you're sharing clips of your day on Snapchat, and you're sharing knowledge on Twitter. That's kind of the, the difference there. So I just started Twitter 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, maybe um, I'm still getting used to it. I, I'm really, I'm really busy normally during the day. So it's not been something that I've been really good at admittedly because I, I need to spend more time on it but I'm getting more comfortable with it and I'll report back and, and let you know how it goes here in the next couple months and, and see if I've really gotten the hang of it or not some people are amazing at Twitter and it's just your stick I'm really better at Instagram and Snapchat because I'm more visual but I'm really working on it so I'll report back the pitfalls and sort of what I figured out about it the next thing that I'll go to is LinkedIn LinkedIn is a really great tool for the business side of your brand. So if if everybody has a business side, even if you're a content creator and and what your job is is to make posts on Instagram, you still there's a business behind that and LinkedIn is a great place to share your business tips. So people on LinkedIn I try to do a really good mix. I try to do pictures maybe once or twice a week, but really LinkedIn is really loving posts, written posts. They're not loving articles. Articles are longer. LinkedIn categorizes, I think you have 1,200 characters or so, 1,500 characters on LinkedIn to type. And anything after that is not considered a post. It's considered an article. And it's classified differently. And I used to love to do articles. And people used to love to read articles. And I'm not sure if it's the algorithm or if it's just uh, for, you know, from LinkedIn. Or the actual end user has sort of changed a little bit as to what they're looking for. But articles don't really do that great anymore. And, and maybe it's because people are so busy that they don't want to, you know, we don't have the time to read through a whole blog post or article. So they're, they're really into posts now, shorter stories. And you know what I found about LinkedIn? You know, it gets, there are a lot of people who... Some of them are experts. Some of them just think they're experts. Some of them don't even know enough to know that they don't know anything. But what I really found with LinkedIn is that you really get the most out of LinkedIn when you share your experiences. You're not trying to preach to people or, or you know, come at them as you need to do this. You have to do this because I'm an expert. I know if you will, and I, I try to add value and I try to to teach, but I do that in a way that I'm sharing things that have happened to me and my my stories and sort of my day. And people love to to hear about you. You know, people like to get to know you and, and for you to be real. So there are a lot of people and, and it may work great for them who share a ton of content on you should do XYZ and you'll be an expert. The way I share on LinkedIn is is sort of this is what happened to me and this is what I learned from it and it might work for you too. And that's really where people give me the most engagement from. So LinkedIn is starting to do some things with, LinkedIn makes their money by, if you're a recruiter or if you're on a ton and you want a ton of, of other features, they're charging for that now. It's a monthly fee. 
I, I think it would be greatly worth it if you're a recruiter. The base model is still free. You can still go on and, and do whatever you need to do. But I don't see as many advertisements on LinkedIn because they're actually charging some of the users. I think they have one that's actually like a Salesforce sort of thing. So LinkedIn has a package that's really directed towards sales. And I think it helps you kind of funnel people. And they have a package that's toward recruiting. So they have a few different packages that you can buy. And there are some really unique features in those. I don't use them because that's, that's not my business. I, I wouldn't need those. But I, I, like where, I like where LinkedIn is going with it, which is that if it really adds that much value to you, then the customer is sometimes willing to pay for something in order to not see an ad every 30 seconds or every two posts to see another ad. And I do like that. I, I would rather just pay for a service than have to sit through you know, ads like, like in Snapchat. I, I would rather just pay a small monthly fee to use it and not see any ads than it to be free and you have to fast forward through commercials every 30 seconds. So it's... I'm not sure which one's better. I know which one I prefer, but LinkedIn does it that way. They they really more charge the user than they charge the uh, than they charge for advertising, and so I like that. I do think also LinkedIn charges people to post jobs that are open. I think they have sort of a jobs board sort of situation, so I like that. I like that format a lot better. It just makes it a lot more user friendly. But LinkedIn is not something that the young people are on. There are some young people, but but LinkedIn is really, I think people are intimidated by LinkedIn when they're not, haven't been in their career for a certain amount of time. And they think that they don't have anything to say, which isn't true. Even even just the fact that you're figuring out what you want to do in life, that that's interesting and, and other people are in your same boat. But LinkedIn does sort of cater to people who are a little more established in their career and there's a really big upside to LinkedIn right now if you are someone who is not in the norm. And by in the norm, I mean there are a ton of recruiters there. There are a ton of you know marketing people there. There are a ton of uh, project managers there. But if you do something for a living that is way more creative, uh, fashion design and, and things like that, if you do something that's that's way more creative and not your typical sort of office job, there are not that many of you on LinkedIn. And if you do it right, you've got a really great opportunity there to really stand out in the crowd because there just aren't that many of you. So whatever you're doing, you're doing it to make money and, and, and it's a business. So you can find a way to make that applicable to other people on LinkedIn. Don't think you have to work at an office in order to be on there. You don't. So think about that. Um, and if you need any tips or tricks, feel free to ask me. I'm, I've kind of got the LinkedIn algorithm figured out. I'm fairly good at that. So I'm really new to Twitter, but LinkedIn I'm pretty good at. So here's the last thing that I want to talk about. The greatest new thing. I know that this is totally subjective. And what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you the stats so that you can kind of make up your own mind. But there are always people that are trying to come out with the next big thing. And they know that Facebook are losing the millennials and the younger people. And they know that people are fed up with Snapchat right now because of the way that they do their advertising. And they know that Instagram, while it's great, has so many hundreds of people, millions of people on it, that it's really hard to start up a new Instagram and get noticed. So there are always people coming out with the latest and greatest and something to keep your eye on is called Vero, V-E-R-O. This is an app for Android and iPhone. It's not on the desktop yet, but it is uh, free 
and it's free for the first million users and I think they're at like 200,000. So you've got some time to get in for free. But it has been there since 2015, but for some reason it is just now picking up steam. And it's too early to say whether or not they're going to be the next big thing, but this actually has potential to be the next big thing. So it's called Vero, V-E-R-O, social. And their business model, they're saying, is that they do not want advertisers on their platform, which is something that everyone is a little bit, I think, fed up with right now. Because social media, if you're you're on there and you want to, you know, follow who you want to follow and see what you want to see, you don't want advertisers in the middle of that. So Vero's business model is that the first million users are going to get this app for free. And after the first million, they're going to charge people a small monthly fee. I don't know what that fee is yet. I don't think they have said. But I think that people would be open to that because like I said before, I would rather pay I don't know, 15, 20 bucks a year. Think about it. You're on Facebook right now. If you could pay $15 a year or $20 a year to still have the benefits of connecting with your friends and family on Facebook, but without having to see any ads, I think if you really sat down and thought about it, most of us would prefer it that way. So that's their business model. It obviously is going to greatly depend on how many people they get because the first million they're going to give for free lifetime, they said you're grandfathered in for free. And after that, you're going to pay a small monthly fee, which obviously they're going to be able to do way better if they get a ton of people on it. This past week, it was trending, Vera was, on the Play Store. I'm a Samsung Galaxy user, so we don't have iTunes. We have the Play Store. But it was trending on the Play Store as the number seven in all of social media. That's including Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Instagram. So it is really becoming popular. Vero does a great job of this. Vero is like Instagram in that the fact that you have tiles and you have a a home page, if you will. But the great thing about Vero is, is that it doesn't only allow you to post pictures, it allows you to post places that you've been, book recommendations, music recommendations. It sort of, it gives you a way to sort of let people into your life however much you want to share with them. But it's not just pictures, really, like Instagram is. You can share book recommendations, video recommendations. And the thing about Vero is, at least for right now, they're sticking to their guns. And who you follow is who you see. And it's just in chronological order. So if I follow 10 people, I'm going to see their chronological order posts, which is somehow oddly refreshing after we're used to seeing everything else. I think you're going to see people post ads on it, but I think they're going to be ads in the way of influencer marketing. So I think you're going to see people post pictures and videos of them in, and they're holding a Chanel handbag. And it's not going to be a Chanel ad. It's going to be the person that you know that you're following and you're going to see them holding a Chanel bag. And the idea is that you're going to go, wow, I love that bag. It looks so good on her. It looks so cute. And you're going to go buy the Chanel bag. So it's going to be advertising, but it's not going to be blatant advertising. And you're going to get to pick what what people you want to follow and what you want to see. So if they can make this work, I think it has the potential to be really big. Here's the drawback. It's still early. It's still new. And they have had so many people signing up in such a short amount of time that it has been really buggy. And by buggy, I mean, you can open it up and sometimes it doesn't open up right. Sometimes the pages are blank and they shouldn't be. And they, I I follow them on Twitter. It's kind of funny. It's Vero is its own social media platform, but you can follow them on Twitter and see that Vero Social, I think is what it's called on Twitter. They're being really upfront and honest about the fact that like our servers crash. We have too many people. 
I think if people will stick it out, and I think they will, just my prediction, I'm not sure, but if people stick it out and if they can really bust it and, and get these bugs worked out, I think the platform has a really big chance. But regardless, you need to go on, you need to sign up, even if you just get your username and, and don't do anything with it, get yourself in there because this trying new things in social media, you always have to be trying new things. And if it turns out to be something, you can just sit back and watch it for a while. You can grab your username and, and sign up, it's free, and grab your username. But if it turns into something, you realize that that would be like being on Instagram when there was a million people instead of 50 million people. And how much easier would it be to build a great following if you could have gotten in at the ground floor, right? So check out Vero. I think that's something that right now that looks like the most promising thing for the next big thing. Get on, see what you think. Let me know. I know it's got some bugs right now, but follow them on Twitter. They're trying to work it out. And hopefully in the next six months or so, I can report back and kind of give you an idea of how that's going. But I just signed up for my own account this past week and I'm still figuring it out, but it's pretty user-friendly. So you can follow me on Vero. It's Roxy Brown on Vero, R-O-X-X-Y Brown. So I hope that this has brought some value to you and a little bit of clarity. If you ever have any social media questions, it's not what I do for a living. I can't, I'm not going to charge you for it. Um, but if you ever have any questions, you can always feel free to shoot them over. I'm constantly playing with the different social media platforms. And so I, I think there's really something there. You don't have to do all of them, but there is absolutely something for everyone. If you know your ideal customer and you know that you're visual or you're written, you can find a social media platform that you can do really well for you. So I appreciate you guys listening. Next week's podcast is going to be a really different one. It's going to be called Protecting Picasso and it's gonna be with a, a corporate security director who deals in securing fine art and valuables. And so I think it's going to be a really cool take on security, kind of let you into my world a little bit more, but uh, in a way that people can relate to. So I hope you will listen then. I appreciate you listening now, and I hope you guys have a great day.